Do you want to talk about how you're feeling right now? Oh, so many questions. What does this mean? What do I do? <laughs> Go on! Tell them what you think! I liked it. I think your calculations may have been off. I think it's all right. I just have a lot of feelings. This pleases me. These are perfectly normal feelings. Do you even know what you sound like when you talk like that? Now, shall we begin? Hold Attention passengers, we have a very full train today, so please don't block the doors. We'll be moving shortly. Something from the trolley, dear. <laughs> well, welcome everyone to the Real Feels Podcast. I'm Nathan. I'm Jack. I'm Drew. Woohoo! Yay! And we're the station agents mm. for this episode. I like it. How's everyone doing today? Pretty good. I'm enjoying myself immensely. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Uh, everyone's got a beer. Everyone's doing good. We're doing yes. Yeah. Uh, this uh, episode is brought to you by Modelo's and uh, this is White Claw Hard Seltzer. We call them Spicy Bitch Waters. Oh. <laughs> I, I also have some normal bitch water in the fridge. Some La Cruel. Mm. And uh, for listeners at home, uh, bitch water is just parlance for carbonated water. <laughs> Which we do not judge you if you like bitch water. It's just know what you drink. It's a soda replacement. Yeah, sure. There you go. They're being better for themselves. Mm. All natural, mm. right? No. <laughs> Did that lawsuit get all finalized? No. Did it? No. Sometimes there was a lawsuit against yeah against bitch water oh. because they they said they're all natural and it's like mm, you because know, carbonation is natural. natural. No, it's well. full of chemicals. <laughs> it's all chemicals. <laughs> Fucking chemicals. <laughs> Good old train spotting. Well, if I'm going to go on a nice walkabout from Hoboken, New Jersey to uh, Newfoundland, New Jersey, uh, I would take a satchel of uh, specious spicy uh, bitch waters with me. Mm. When you're walking the uh, the right of way? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and I looked up the distance. It's, so did I! <laughs> it's 34 to 38 miles from Hoboken. Whoa! Yeah. To no, Newfoundland. Yeah. What a I, fun fact! I mean, the, the fact that I thought he walked the entire way. But you see him go to the train station, so I assume he took a train. But they don't show him on they the train. They don't show him. And then when you look up the distance, it shows that a train goes from Hoboken I, to Newfoundland. I believe they implied that he walked. I don't think he could walk. 38 miles? It would take, it would take 12 hours, about, maybe? So, I mean, that's not impossible. I'm not saying it's impossible. Like, he could have stayed the night somewhere, like... S- slept like a hobo dick? Did he have, <laughs> but he didn't even have, like, some hobo beans or, like, a bindle in a sack. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> He didn't uh, meet Dennis the Menace under a bridge and, you know. Uh, oh, I love it. Uh, nostalgia. Crazy Christopher Lloyd hobo. I love that hobo. That is my favorite. Uh, so, uh, if you haven't guessed already, we are doing a 2003 station agent um, with Peter Dinklage. Uh, what what category? What genre? And I'm sorry, I just my yes. lips. What category? What genre did we? Out of the Bilbo grab baggins, mm-hmm. I picked a dramedy. Dramedy. Which I think I even was like, like I looked at Drew and I was like, what the fuck is dramedy? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, dude, like it's comedy and dramedy. So, dr- dramedy. <laughs> ah, we'll get better. <laughs> uh, comedy and drama combo. And um, I picked uh, the station agent. And the reason why I picked the station agent is because, well, I'll be perfectly honest. The first time I ever watched it, I was like, I love this movie. This is an amazing movie. And then I was like, ooh, I think I'm going to, I really want to get station agent in there somewhere. And then when I rewatched it, this, I was like, they're going to shit on this movie. <laughs> they're not going to like this movie. Yeah. Actually, it's it's one of the highest rated, rated movies we've done. Right. Which is I- weird. Because oh, maybe we just because we have <laughs> <laughs> to question our choices uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't actually our choice, though. <laughs> I know, I know, right? <laughs> but like this movie really had some feels for me, especially the first time I watched it. I remember just being like, "This is so, like this is what a good movie feels like." At the end, where I'm like. Wow, I I don't feel like I like I don't know. It's a weird it's a weird way to describe it. Uh, How I would liken it because it it ends sort of abruptly. Like mm-hmm. you don't see the ending. Coming. Very surprised so when it when it does black and roll the credit. You sort of have that like 
I'm comfortably full. Like, I could have a few more rolls or some seconds <laughs> on the ham, but mm-hmm. um, I'm good. That that was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it is a very sincere and honest movie, which actually brings a bit of, you know, the ideas of the psychology of the film, you know, to the forefront. I think you have the relatability to the characters. You laugh with the characters. I think you can actually even feel the slight sense of loneliness and depression that the characters have through it. I think you can all identify with right. each character sort right. of at various points during the yeah. film. But yeah, it's a, I agree it's a good film. It's oh, a absolutely. good film. Yeah, I think it, it's a great film. It, uh, it does give you a lot of feels, especially just because of how relatable it is. Mm-hmm. And the differences between the three is what I love that they just very organically produce mm-hmm. of being... I'm lonely and I want to be alone. I'm lonely, but I I don't know if I want to be alone because like I, I don't want to be with this person, but I kind of want this person in my life. And then you have the very, very polar opposite of Peter Dinklage's character. Uh, and with this, like, I am lonely and I don't want to be alone. I want to hang out. Let's, what are you doing, man? The, like, the loneliness go. evolves to neediness. Yeah. It's yeah. A, and even like a persistent yeah. need. And, and I think with, with uh, Bobby Cannavale's character, Joe, like you get a lot of, I think a lot of the humor comes out with him. Oh, yeah. And, and I love the scene where, where uh, Finn, Finn Barr, mm-hmm. and Olivia are sitting down by the dock and he's like, where's your garlic press? I don't and have she's one. Like, I don't, All right. <laughs> you don't have a garlic press? I guess I'll be inside cooking without a garlic <laughs> press. <laughs> he's just so like... Such a breath of fresh air for the because if with, without him, this movie would have been not so. You'd bad. have dry humor, but well, I also think that he's his character is is not there by choice. He's there because he's taking care of his dad, right? Yes. Whereas Finbar and Olivia are there because they want the isolation, they want the quiet. So Joe's character is is naturally sort of like seeking out, like let's do something, let's go for a walk. Let's but Olivia, read. but Olivia almost can't make up her mind if she does or not. That's like, very true. She really goes back and forth, and even like at one point pushes him away when he's kind of like reaching out to her. She's like, no, like right. I, it's more of a shove. <laughs> yeah, it's a <laughs> right. The back whole, off. You know the the uh, you know I brought you I brought you your groceries. Thanks. How much? Are you okay? How much? Mm-hmm. Let me help. No, I've got it. Thanks. Goodbye. The equivalent of just... That was someone, cold. That when, was cold as ice. When someone just types back K and you're like, well, fuck always, you too. Like, I didn't want to talk to you anyways. Like, uh, sometimes I'll do that to my girlfriend <gasps> to see what happens. Does she flip out? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay. Yeah, that's that's for, that's understandable and you should not do that. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, uh, so we should... You monster. Do you also leave her on red? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't have any notifications. Oh, thank God! Because I, I, take I, them I, I want the I want the freedom, right? Yeah, to know that you've read something. Life and... wasn't always like this way. You know, the, right. you didn't always have like a a thing in your pocket that somebody could always get a hold of you from. So I like Which that freedom. Finn doesn't have no, and Olivia yeah. doesn't doesn't use. She she has two, and <laughs> she doesn't use them. And Bobby's like on his the whole time. Hi, Poppy. Yeah, hi, Poppy. Hey, Poppy. Talking to his friends. Oh yeah, you're talking about me. What'd you tell her? Don't fucking tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, even that is a really good comparison. Like, that, well, good job. I didn't even think about that really until just now. But all of them, cell phone wise, mm-hmm. none to all the time. It's crazy. Anyways, let's rip. But he has the- to have his phone. Sorry. Yes, that's true. He that's has true. to have his phone because he's there looking after his, For his dad. dad. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that's where a lot of his interruptions come from. And he's a mm-hmm. good cook. Yes. He's got to take those orders. But let's, uh, let's roll the trailer. Okay. Ooh. Trailer. Chicka chicka. He can ride a train. (laughs) (laughs) But can he make a Can he live in a depot? (laughs) Can he live in a depot? (laughs) You don't know how to play. (laughs) He can make a cafe on the chain. (laughs) You ever been out to this part of New Jersey? No. I mean, there's nothing out there. Nothing. Finn is about to start a new life. Where do you live? In the depot. What grade are you in? I'm finished with school. Olivia is leaving her old life behind. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Can I give you a ride somewhere? No. You sure? Yes. How you doing? And Joe. Do you sell coffee? Where are you from? Hoboken. I live in Manhattan, dude. 
just doesn't have a life. I've been here for six weeks. It's driving me crazy. But together... Hey, how you doing out there? We don't have to talk. We can just eat. Okay. They're trying to get their lives back on track. This was fun, right? Yeah. You have a nice chin. Very lucky, bro. She's a pretty woman. You're the man. What do you mean? You're the man. Okay. Three-time winner at the Sundance Film Festival. Yoo-hoo. I wanted to live near Joe. Guys, <laughs> you come up here and talk. Seriously, this sucks. <laughs> the station agent. Well, <laughs> well Nathan, what was your reaction to that? Um, so if, if you've never watched this movie, and you just watch the trailer and listen to it right now and, and you think, oh, I really want to watch it. I would pause and say, it's almost nothing like the trailer. What the hell was that? That was not the movie I watched. The trailer is much more peppy. Yes. And, and, the, and the music in it just, as, as I said, <laughs> it, screams, it screams indie film festival. Killing in the name of. <laughs> screaming indie film festival movie, like they're all smoking during this. Uh, during the, and for the, this, before this film, it's it's perfect for it. It really is. It, and it, there's a lot of silence in this movie. Yeah. The silence in this movie has a lot of silent parts. And so I get that they can't do that for the trailer, but still... Making it way too overboard of like three zany characters like Ross, Chandler, and Joey like <laughs> together in a small town. What are they gonna do? Look at their antics. <laughs> come three, on, guys, come up here. I'm bored. <laughs> three lives will come together to form around trains. <laughs> Casey Case over there. <laughs> Across the U.S. <laughs> Dang, can't say that to me now. And this movie comes together to show you that size does not matter. When you Station have a, <laughs> He's small in stature, but big in heart. <laughs> and this movie could have easily gone, like, they could have made this movie a, like, oh, like dwarves. But it's not. And if you really look at it at its core, he struggles with it, but he's just built up walls. And so every time that like, you know, little uh little Cleo asks him like, you know, how old are you? Like, what grade are you in? He's just he's just answering very He's direct. Because he's been shit on his entire life due to his size. Yes. And I think it's sort of the juxtaposition of casting a a very tall guy as Joe, Bobby Cannavale. Uh sort of, you know, because when they're walking, it's always Bobby Cannavale, and then Olivia, and then Peter Dinklage, and there's that, that, there's that, that sort of that yeah. size discrepancy. And he's a very good man, Peter Dinklage's character, Finn, Finbar. Uh, but when he gets shoved around uh, in that one scene, like that's where you can sort of, you really see the hurt mm. in his eyes. Because he lets go for a sec. Yeah, right. When he tries to de- to defend uh, Michelle Williams' character. When- and he knows he can't defuse it. No, and he, and, I mean, he's not fighting because he knows he cannot win a fight against the guy. So he's just, he's trying to like hold him back saying like, don't, don't do that. Please don't do that. And then boom, shoves him against the car. And you're right. It's not, it's not even anger. It's more to the fact of like. It's a he was, wound. He was, he was almost, just like. Yeah. It's a wound that just has been reopened that has just been there his entire life, basically. Right. And it, I mean. You could almost look at his face and say, like, he is almost angry at himself of, like, why did you do that? Like, you knew this could happen. Why would you allow yourself in that position? I almost think he was expecting it. That's why he was so, like, sort of downcast eyes, like, don't, no, please don't, like, don't touch her. Like, no. Yeah, Like, almost like he was waiting for the blow or the shove or what have you. But then right after that, he walks back to the depot and you can just tell he's in his head going, this is why. I don't fucking talk to people. This is why I stay away. And like you said, like he has built up all these walls around people, but more even to the case of walls being built, he has purposely taken on positions in life. He knows like what to do to avoid people. He enjoys his like time of like solidarity, like his his time alone is his sanctuary, well, yet he's... it provides the greatest amount of loneliness. It's his refuge, but it's a refuge that 
is also a cage. Yeah, the whole train thing, the train hobby, the love of trains, that's like the armor that he immerses himself into, immerses himself into. And like the the little group of people that shoot their train videos and and all that, like he that's like a judgment free zone. And then when his buddy sort of passes away and the shop is gone, you know, he's got to sort of confront a lot of these these angsts and these fears that he's sort of been hiding behind by his employment at the train shop rolling in and and this sort of this little cloistered life that he's been leading and rolling into the real world, but still not the real world because he's retreating to like the most New Jersey, the the loneliest keep that you could possibly imagine an abandoned train station depot. Like cool. I mean, it's even to the point where he doesn't care what it is. He is going to go somewhere and have a new life. Ironically enough, even in a place called Newfoundland, it's a new life for him. He doesn't he doesn't even know what the train station, the the depot looks like. Or it's even livable. Or it's even livable. But he's going to go there. He packs up everything that he has there. Which isn't much. Which isn't much. He leaves his, again, this uh, almost kind of like a safe, a safe place for him because he's not in the front of the train station, he's in the back he's behind the a assistant. curtain. Yeah, exactly. Right, going on an adventure. <laughs> no, no. Hobbit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, but he's he's not excited. Like it's almost weird because he's not excited. First of all, he's lost a really good friend, his boss, mm-hmm. his job. I don't know where he just got all his like where he has like money to survive. Well, I think he the, it was part of his inheritance. Was money? Well. I think he probably got some money. Maybe. I mean, he's... Yeah, but I mean, the, the lawyer the lawyer only said that he got the property. Yeah. Yeah. But they also came in the middle of a conversation. So. Yeah. True. And I mean, he did say that to Michelle Williams' character that, you know, dwarves retire early. It's a common fact. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't know if that's actually true. Like, if he really did retire early and maybe he just worked at the train station because he enjoyed it. True. And you know what was pointed out to me during the second walkthrough, or the second or the second uh, watch for this? We followed you. Was uh, the scene when the professor dies. The, the His boss dies, his friend dies. He's working on the train and he knocks over the conductor miniature and as soon as he knocks over the conductor miniature, his buddy dies in the next room. And that was that was sort of like, ooh, maybe there's there's some Indian in the cupboard. Yeah, like, there's some powers. Oh. <laughs> there's a little bit of symbolism going on. Uh, and then I kept on looking deeper into the movie to see if there was more symbolism. Like when he wears like the yellow or the buff shirt, like is he in a good mood that day? Because mm. you know, it's certain only certain scenes. But what when you rewatch it, you know, he knocks it over with his elbow, and that you literally hear in the next room, it's whoa. It's almost like the the amount of time for like a breath to be taken before you do hear that thud, and it's not even like a direct like huh like and then he like scurries off to like see exactly what it was in a in a hurry. He's like he knows huh gets up slowly walks out looks over huh shit what am I gonna do dead body dead body no he, I mean, he <laughs> has a very chill react you know and it, it, it fast forwards quite a bit you know kind of tries to just get him to the station but could he have walked there. 34 to 38 miles? Do you I'm, think he could have walked I don't think, there? I just don't think he did. I don't think he did. I think he took a train, took a train only so far, and then walked the rest of the way. It wasn't on camera, though. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're implying that it was. You don't see Han I don't know why low. he would walk to that. <laughs> Finberg walked twice. <laughs> he walked the right of way the entire way. Which, you know what? That is, I think, one of the coolest little nuggets in that in the film, I love the whole walking the train track the right away and how he kind of imparts this wisdom onto Bobby that is just like, I do, <laughs> I do love that moment. He's like a, almost like a kid just wanting to like learn. A, he's like, what are you into? And okay, and do you like it? Okay. When was the last train? About an hour and fourteen minutes ago. That sounds boring, bro. <laughs> and then the next train comes. He's like, yeah. And he's super excited it's like, about it. It's like somebody uh, somebody um, making fun of Dungeons and Dragons, and then they're playing Dungeons and Dragons. They're like, oh, this is awesome. Oh, hell yeah, man. I'm level four. I love, I love when he tries to act so much a part of it, when they're all three sitting at the depot, and, and she's like, why is it called walking right away? Well, I mean, it's it's pretty you know, con- uh, convoluted, and there's, there's a lot too much. Finn will explain it. <laughs> <laughs> the one scene in this movie that pissed me off is when uh, they're sitting in front of the depot 
and the you know the food trucks in the background and there's like the the older like teenager or guy in his early 20s and he's playing soccer with two two little kids and like hey can we get a couple sodas and he's like no we're closed i'm like get the Get the kids some yeah. goddamn sodas. Give them some we're, ice pops. But we'll play soccer with you. We'll play soccer we'll with play you. Soccer like, no, with like, you. Don't, don't work them up. Get them some sodas. I think <laughs> they need refreshment. <laughs> that I is mean, your job. I, I agree. I mean, even if he went over and got sodas for them, it still would have allowed the chance for, like... Olivia to have her moment. Right, yeah, to have exactly. the moment of, like, watching the kids saying, like, thank you, daddy, and then, you know, drinking the soda itself, and then going, like, oh, yeah, that's right. My kid died. I'm going to leave. I'm sad. Oh, uh, <laughs> oh, Jack. No sympathy for Jack. Jack's going to have an early stop because <laughs> he jumps from the rails. No ticket. No <laughs> ticket. <laughs> Olivia's, I mean, this part of the story gets a little like, oh, this is sad. Like, it is, it is really sad. sad. I mean, I get this is life. I hate her intro though. My part is I. I oh, I, when she when she almost runs twice. him over twice. <laughs> you have got to be like the first time she wasn't paying attention. The second time she spilled hot coffee all over her ass. And I don't even know how spilling hot coffee makes you swerve your car and not just tap the brakes. Like, oh, I gotta keep going at full speed. And you're on a dirt road with nobody. Literally, probably like a town that maybe has a population of like. I don't know. Let's be generous and say 3,000. Oh, that's very generous. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. 1,000 people. 1,500. For, for the 12 people you see in this entire film. Three, yeah. Even when Finn arrives, he's walking through the streets and he, like, you see a church in the background. You see, like, he's literally crossing an empty street. Yeah. I think the majority of the town is on the night that he goes to the bar. <laughs> yeah, that's probably the, the, most. To the mills. And that's a that's a small place. I don't know. I mean, it's it's an interesting way to introduce the character. She's very fidgety. She's very, like, unsure of herself and constantly apologizes for what she has to, like, bring to the table. And she's also another person that I don't know what she does for money. She's well, She is an artist and... Well, she paints, but else. you don't know if she paints to sell the items or if she paints because she's trying to, she like... She drinks wine and takes pills. Well, I mean, that's more like a hobby. She's like a white wine and, like, Xanax kind of a housewife. Yeah. I mean, maybe... She is in the uh, the getaway home, you know, being separated from her husband. With uh, John Slattery mm-hmm. uh, as the, the cameo of the husband. Yeah. Which, have you guys ever seen God's Pocket? Yeah. No. John Slattery directed that movie and it makes me want to crawl into a hole and die <laughs> every time I see it. It's one of the single most disturbing and depressing movies ever. Really? Yeah. But he's also a bad man, so. Is it? Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's something I notice about, like, a majority of the cast that we see. Every single one of the main characters is uh, has had a, a prominent role, or at least, like, a fairly long-standing role in a television series. Peter Dinklage is on Game of Thrones currently. Uh, you had uh, Patricia... What's your last name? Olivia. Uh, Patricia... Not Patricia Williams. Uh, <laughs> it is Patricia Clarkson. Okay, Clarkson. Clarkson. Patricia Clarkson... Played a character named Claire on Frasier. She played uh, Frasier's like girlfriend for a short time. You have Michelle Williams, who was on Dawson's Creek. And um, the movie was directed by Tom McCarthy, who was in the last season of The Wire. Right. He was also on Boston Public, and he co-wrote the screenplay for Up. And he directed Spotlight, uh, which is the latest thing that came out and was honestly a fantastic little movie. If you look at his history with a lot of what he's either uh, not directed, because he hasn't directed a lot. He's directed like seven things. But what he's written and produced, it's a lot of internally heartfelt, very emotional, very serious dramas. Because he was also like the producer for like 13 Reasons Why. Mm, I refuse to watch that. I also refuse to watch it. But I mean, to talk about the idea of depression. I haven't refused to watch it, but like, why are you guys refusing to watch it? Is it about suicide? Yes. It's about a girl oh. who committed commits suicide and then leaves tapes saying these are the 13 reasons why that I died. And they are delivered to the people basically like blaming them. Like, you're a reason why I died. Uh, I don't want to watch it. <clears throat> okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, Same reason I've never seen. Uh, what was the Mel Gibson Christ movie? Passion of the Christ? I've never watched that. Uh, because you just don't want to watch it. I watched it once and that was enough for it's me. It's sort of like watching the Titanic. I know what happens. 
the ship sinks. <laughs> There's a whole story. Like, you know, I mean, and the Passion of the Christ, I can get, like, I guess I can get behind, like, yeah, especially, like, you watch it once. You know, spoiler alert. <laughs> he, he dies at the he end. He comes back to life. It's Easter coming up. But, but like, you know, it, you know, you're just going to watch, like, him just get whipped. And it's just like, oh, why am I? How am I doing this to myself? I, I get it, you know. I, yeah, but plus, I I don't know if I'm relaxing in an evening. I don't really want to watch an angsty teenage suicide drama, right? But I mean, yeah. I, I I mean, what? I was just thinking like the idea that things that he's done are definitely they're they're serious. They're serious. And they make you think. I think it also plays on the idea that we talked about the relatability to the characters. Well, but, it's a character-driven <clears throat> narrative. Oh, very, I very did, much. I did so. make you watch a movie of a middle-aged woman. Almost trying to commit suicide. So I apologize. That's okay. Which movie? This but, movie. Uh, oh, this movie. <laughs> Did you take Sorry. all these pills? And then, Sorry. Wasn't that I a, thought you meant another Prozium. different movie. <laughs> wasn't that a little bit creepy? Uh, Peter Dinklage, you know, Finbar going out there and just like setting up shop at the end of her driveway, eating sandwiches and smoking cigarettes. Like, hello. Watching. If you look out the window. Like, like multiple like, days. Just see this dude just like eat my sandwich now. I wonder gonna, what Olivia's up to. I'm going to read my train book. smoke break. <laughs> Olivia, you're doing all right. One, his whole like, reverse of I'm super depressed and I, I just, not even depressed, I'm just like, I'm in a box. Don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. Don't touch me. Go away. To, okay, I really care about these people. It's They're breaking down his barriers. Yeah. Well, my, my theory is that, you know, with depression, you know, he, I just want to be left alone. That's what he tells Joe. Like, what do you want? I just want to be left alone. Joe's like, fine. Like, fuck off. Like, I, you can be alone. He comes from but, the best place, too. But when you are left alone in that sort of way, you don't want to be alone. And yeah. you, you, you need, mm-hmm. like, for me, I think the point of this movie is that everybody sort of seeks solitude in their own way. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day you need some sort of community and it's whatever community you make up. It may not be your family. It may not be your girlfriend or your husband or your wife or whatever, but you need your own community. And right. I think that's what the message that this movie is really sort of going off of, at least yeah. for me. Yeah. At least for me. No, I think, I think that's very like apt and to the point of it. I mean, everyone is going to deal with their own loneliness, their depression, their same way, not same way, sorry, the, in their own particular way. And it is, it is the, relatability to seeing everyone strive probably to the ideals of their best efforts to handle it. I mean, even Joe with not having any friends having to move eight hours away from his home just to take care, just to take care of his dad. And he's so earnest to try and be a part of something. Yeah. Joe just wants to make the best out of his situation being right. Lonely. And Joe's always striking out with the women. He's he's a tall, good-looking man, and, and yeah. but Finbar is like he's you know <laughs> Olivia the, kisses him, uh, Michelle you're Williams kisses him. Like you're he's got a nice chin. Yeah, so he's got it going on. Yeah, and you know, and sometimes like in a weird way, like you want to kind of befriend the person that has no one, maybe even not for the right reasons. But then, like once you actually get to know them, you're like, no, I actually, re-, like when he tells his buddies, like, hey, like. Knock it off. Like, and he, he sticks up for him. Like, hey, don't do not do that. At that point, I really think that he was already kind of starting to be like, no, I like this dude. Like, don't make fun of him. Not just, oh, hey, man. He he liked him from the get-go when he's when he was all like, do you live around here? Yeah. Oh, that's and cool. Then he, and then he, <laughs> wa- then he watches him walk in over to the depot and he's like, no fucking way. And then he goes inside and he's like, okay. And that's when he comes back and he goes to the store and he comes back. And he, he starts talking to him. He's like dusting him off because Olivia ran him off the road one more so time. So, use some cafe con leche? Cafe con leche. It's a special? It's special. <laughs> one dollar. Sugar? Sugar. <laughs> Extra sugar for Extra. Olivia. <laughs> but yeah, no, he desperately tries to make any type of connection because really, it doesn't seem like a lot of people will come out to that one spot. Why he goes to that one spot, I don't know. Um, because it's it's on the corner of a plot device <laughs> and, and MacGuffin <laughs> way. <laughs> so true. <laughs> Um, next outstanding up, railroaded <laughs> story no yeah no it's, it's, it's you know, like it, they should have called instead of uh, mills mills tavern they should have just called it revelation uh revelation bar or something like that <laughs> <laughs> the plot thickens the plot thickens everybody here i am look at me oh uh, that was 
that was probably like the most awkward I think uh, for him just him breaking out and just like going but that's his climax that, yeah. is, that is his moment to scream and finally like I have had enough shit and it's really it was screaming it was, to the void it was the yeah. guys it was the guys coming out coming over and like giving him a beer where you know him giving a beer is like them giving him a beer it's not someone like saying something it's not someone saying something rude it's someone saying anything to him and it's going to be taken in a harsh but way what i wish they wouldn't have done is when he has his moment where he's like you know look up and or look at me and he does like a take little a look Where he kind of like starts to fall off his bar stool, and the guys someone catch him. him. Like, there you go, little guy. Like, <laughs> like they. I wish that they hadn't put that in. It would have been a little bit more graceful of an exit. Besides him just showing up on the train tracks later. Train's gonna hit me. I may die. I may not die. And then he wakes up the next morning, and the watch is broken. I am curious as to like what happened. Did he like? Did the train pass over him? Did he actually get out of the way? Did he roll back onto the tracks in a drunken stupor? I was honest, like I in my head, he was on the op. He was on the opposite track because there's two tracks. Or maybe he's just small enough that there's room for the train to go over. Maybe maybe he's already he's already dead, and the rest of the movie is just a catch twenty two. I hate shit like that. (laughs) I hate when people make movies like oh maybe like. uh, uh, Padme is uh, you know, just like oh this is just like the afterlife now yeah, like, Palpatine no, no. was sucking her life force away <laughs> so she didn't lose the will to live oh. it was Palpatine the whole time and then when Luke's like Palpatine I was like Palpatine she's got oh no you're mine um, now yeah I, I, I don't I don't like when do that when they try and explain oh it's just every like it's all a dream like no come on but Finn actually uh, gets up the courage to finally go back to school, which uh, I appreciate. <laughs> which is like him confronting his place in society. Yes, yeah. right, and and it's him going through his fears when you know Cleo is all like, "You can speak." Here's a here's a permission slip. You can speak at my school, Cleo. I can't do that. Yes, you can. You can make any Friday. <laughs> no, it's just not something I do. I'm sorry. If you're sorry, you'd come. And then she runs. It's she official. Has, she has the most awkward running away. <laughs> But I mean, I think I always hate that. Like, if you're sorry, you'd come. It's like, no, I'm saying sorry because I'm not. That's not being sorry and still doing it. No, and but then they still shit on Finn a little bit, but he takes it. And yeah, because it's and he's like, eh, when you know, oh, the little when kid. did they invite? When did they invent blimps? Yeah, dirigibles. Well, let's Google it. Oh wait, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> blimps are cool. So are trains. Shut yeah. up. Yeah, they're they're, they're all cool. Like, would it be better if he'd walked up to the kid and just like? Smacked him across the face. <laughs> Did my hand fall? We're talking from my- trains right <laughs> now. Trains. You little shit. <laughs> Did my hand fall from my wrist? <laughs> Go to the corner. You're the caboose. Uh, oh, well, oh. Oh, oh, whoa. oh, that's got connotations. It was the Tom Thumb. <laughs> the caboose is loose here, Drew. So, did anyone else kind of get weirded out that like these these trains are like there on like some sightings, but like they're very. They're still well maintained, and he's like looking at the this, I, the train that free shooting locations. What the hell is going on the here? The train where he's pulling the seats out, and the one that Cleo like what the hell pretends was that? In, I mean, it was, was, he it, it was a train. The train? I don't know. It was a train that was left there, and that was the one that he was like underneath looking at the trucks for the Finbar's uh, train refurbishment. He's, like, he's stripping it down. He's chop shopping it. Mm-hmm. I think he was just blowing off some steam. But again, you're right. Like this is a, <laughs> this train I looks may be great. short, but our quality <laughs> is high. <laughs> oh. oh my God. But yeah, like what, why are you stripping it for parts, man? Like just, I don't even think he's stripping well, it for parts. It's not like he's really. got a lot on his plate for, for daily activities. So true. Besides, like, what do you uh, do? Go into the cork and bottle and get his picture taken by the woman. Uh, the occasional uh, drunken uh, night out at the mill, uh, stopping by the the library and getting hit on by Michelle Williams, who may or may not have a bra on during this scene. Oh, and P.S. Most I of still the time, yeah. not. How do you not have a, a library card? Come on. Well, I mean, because going out and seeing people 
he probably did not need to go to the library. The library? Like, you think that, like, there's a lot of people hitting you up at the library? No, no, like, no. It's, hey, not, like, it's not a matter of, like, people, like, hitting him up, but it's, it's, it's going out into public because before then... Where did he go? He was only with, like, the train people. And if he needed a book on trains, I'm pretty sure Henry, his friend, would have ordered it to the the shop. In the trainatorium. To the trainatorium, which they lived right above. The Golden Spike. I mean, that was his place. Like, he had work, he had sleep, and then he went to the roof to smoke. I mean, this was, that was his world. Yeah, you've got all three work, rest, brooding. Right. And then they went back (laughs) to the shop for the movie nights. So, (laughs) there's Uh a lot of smoke. Smoke. It's billowing. My wife it was, was cold. in the car. <laughs> it was cold in Canada. It was cold. This is one of the darker tunnels in Canada. We got to talk about this one. Yeah, this train case, which, which that guy, he's in um, uh, the, uh, with, with the enforcer from Goon. Who was he in that? No, Lee, no, no, Lee no. Shriver? That no, no, Lee, no, no, no. Lee Shriver's TV show, uh, I'm blanking on. Ray the, Donovan. He's on Ray Donovan. He plays this oh. sleazy producer that like. Like gets these girls oh, and, I can and see sleeps with, with them, and then wants to like toss roll. them into movies. Like so, yeah, he's another guy. He's you know cameos like John Slattery as well. Th- that whole little club <laughs> is so <laughs> hilarious. And when he's explaining it to Joe, like yeah, so I'm in this like you know he's like oh. Do you, do your do your people have uh, a club? Okay, and thank like, you. <laughs> you're like, oh. It was that moment. He's like, do, do you people have clubs? And he's like, excuse me? I'm sorry? <laughs> you know. You people. The, the You know, you, people who accept some trains. He's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, we have clubs. And don't you think the scene where they're on top of the train car and he's like, have you ever slept with a regular sized woman? Well, first he yes. has. First have he has you has ever a, slept with a woman of your period. own size? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Like, that was, I think that was a, a cuttable scene. That was just more cringy than, than, uh, see, I, I wish with, that, a, with any a sort of real exposition to it. I really wish that he would have actually, like, been like, you know what? I don't know if I've really thought about it. And, like, really started to open up to Joe because Joe obviously is coming from a good place. No, like, you're, you're correct. And even just, just by, he proves it by saying, like, you know, like, oh, like, you people? And he's like, what do you mean? Like, and, no, no, like train people. Now, do you think this movie would have been robbed if Michelle Williams's character had been replaced by another little person female actress? Yes. Yeah, I think so. 100%. I think so. Because I, I it shouldn't be it shouldn't be, but it is the fact that Finn is an oddity in the town. All an right? oddity or a space oddity? <laughs> Can you hear me, Major Drew? <laughs> Can you hear me, Major? True Drew? space right now. <laughs> I'm trying to like hole. I'm trying to keep. For here, I am sitting on the park bench, watching the train. <laughs> he shouldn't be an oddity in the town, but he is. And so, if if you actually had another little person on cast, I don't think it would have it wouldn't have had that impact. Like the the lady at the it stop and go cheap in the movie. It, it would cheap have in the narrative. It would have the lady at the stop and go wouldn't have taken a picture. The people that were getting the cafe con leche they wouldn't have been you know redneck dicks about anything. Like it, it wouldn't. There's still going to be redneck dicks about anything. That's not. Gonna that's be. true. They still will. But I mean, it's it's the idea that he is like so few and far in between. Yeah, he needed to be. You know, that's what it is. He needed to be alone, and he was right until he wasn't. Until Joe, does Joe try to break that ice? He really mm-hmm. just is like, come on, let me figure you out. And that's why I do. I really wish that he would have just been like, you know what. I'm gonna. I am gonna drop my wall completely for you, dude. And like, let's just. Yeah, Joe's the only one that doesn't have any walls. You know? No. Yeah. He's he's there for people. Know, people probably he, build a wall. He even jokingly writes <laughs> like for a good time called Joe, and that wasn't uh, that wasn't innuendo. He's just sort of like, hey, he's just being funny. Like, here's my phone number right. if you need anything. Yeah. Coming in the next morning, like, oh. You're Olivia's ex. That was an awkward spoonful scene, of Cheerios. <laughs> like I just saw your picture in the kitchen. Not only, not only one guy, but two guys, and one of them's a little person. <laughs> what, down- what sort of shit are you doing in this vacation home? <laughs> Coming down the stairs, he's like, "I leave you alone for two like weeks." Some sort of modified Eiffel Tower going on? What the hell? <laughs> uh, it's okay. It's, it can be more like you know Notre Dame. You know the steeple did fall. So oh. Le Petit Tower. <laughs> the Le Petit Tower. <laughs> Apparently there Segment were... Segment were... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so um, for our first segment, we have what I like to call clubbers. 
<laughs> Somebody scream! <laughs> I'll scream! Oh, okay, God. cook. Um, so yeah, clubbers. Um, this is a little segment uh, that brought to you by Nathan. And uh, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Nathan, shower water, <laughs> refreshing, <laughs> good to the last drop, crisp uh, and cleansing. <laughs> what club would you be a part of if the people you find boring as shit might actually be interesting once they got into it? So we all have our thing that we uh, we like, and that you know, I think that once people, you know. Maybe like took the time to kind of look like Joe. You're like, whoa, this is actually kind of cool. So uh, let's start this off. So <laughs> I can oftentimes rabbit hole for hours on YouTube of videos of of people getting MREs, meals ready to eat, uh, military rations from foreign countries, and then oh, that's interesting. And then going through and like pulling out everything and like. There was one which was like the Cadillac of these these shows where they get an Italian MRE that actually has an alcoholic cordial in it in the oh, ration, oh. and just like the different uh, the different meals and and how they're prepared and how they're heated. Like I can watch this shit for hours. Just like oh, that's not going to be a chemical accelerant. They're they're actually going to heat it with sort of like a like a Bunsen burner tablet. Or yeah, I can go on and watch this shit forever. I love it. I like it. Okay, that, that, that sounds like eh, kind of weird, but you know what? That might actually. <laughs> but, if, but if I brought over like Spanish, German, Russian, Italian MREs, it was like, let's try them out. Like you try a bite. That would yeah, actually. That seems like a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Yeah. This was actually something kind of hard for me because I was trying to think of like different things that I thoroughly enjoy, and a lot of them I was like, oh, well, I mean, you know, there's there's D and D, and like, well, a lot of people play D and D now. Yeah, that's more popular than ever. Right, yeah. now it's more popular than ever. I'm like, I love watching documentaries. I'm like, lots of people like watching documentaries. <laughs> There's a whole thing on Netflix <laughs> called documentaries. documentaries. <laughs> I was trying to think, and I'm like, damn, I can't help the fact that everything I like is actually kind of cool. But uh, something that I actually do enjoy doing a lot, and there's not so much like clubs for them. I'm pretty sure there are clubs for them. But I really enjoy uh, sitting down and uh, painting miniatures. Okay. Like for, you know, D&D or for like tabletop wargaming and stuff. I love doing that. I think it's fun. I think it's like cathartic as hell. That probably seems very tedious to some people and very, very t- much, uh, <clears throat> very much the idea of it's too much focus. And if I mess up, it's never going to look as good. There's tutorials all over the place online and whatnot. I, I think it's fun. I, I like actually finishing a little miniature and going like, man. I'm, I'm, I'm proud some of people just don't it. have the patience to no, do that. No, Whereas, not like, at all. For in, in that instance, I would not spend several hours painting the mini. I'll do the same thing cooking a meal from scratch, but but I view those as two different things. Right. The payoff is quite different. I was going to say like cooking shows, but <laughs> that's also more popular than ever. <laughs> ever. Whose cuisine will reign supreme? Iron Chef Salt. <laughs> <laughs> So Nathan, what's what's your club? So my club, um, I am a huge sucker, and like you, I can, I'm, I'm sure Drew can do it too. But get lost on YouTube. God, it more it than will you'd suck like to know. You in, <laughs> and so I, I get very caught up in theory crafting video game like combinations, mm. and then also theories in movies or or television shows. That have no payout whatsoever. It is such like <laughs> just, I'm going down the blackest of holes. I right swear now. to God, like I will watch or listen to full on like review st- t- like type things on trailer breakdowns on stuff that isn't even going to be in the movie possibly, but they're breaking it down, and I eat it up because I like the idea. Oh. These people are super, like, brilliant making this trailer and, like, very, like, oh, this imagery and this symbolism, maybe this is happening. Please Those, tell me, like, they literally have, like, tinfoil hats on <laughs> and some of these, like, I've got to get this video out before the government gets me, but they're... You know, I mean, they're, or, or Benny and Weiss might, you know, really be pissed that I figured out the ending of Game of Thrones. Who the hell knows? It, it's one of those videos where it'll say, like, 
42 things you missed in the trailer that you didn't know. And each of those 42 things is on a separate webpage that you have to click through and see all of our ads for. And even like, you know, which one of these celebrity couples, you know, didn't make it in the 2018? Crap, I gotta know. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker trailer. 29 things that we found in it. Like, all right. right, That could be related to the ancient Sith. Wait, what? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a sucker for that. But being in a club for it, if someone that had just even the remote, like, well, I mean, like, I like Star Wars, I guess. I love to educate just like Drew and you, like, just to, to like, oh, like, so here's something that they have thought about and, like, walk people through different things and watch them go, oh, what if this? And then they start doing their own theories. I'm like, yes, hooked. Well, and and Joe uses food as sort of comfort. Like he is providing this food to, you're going to enjoy this. You're going to like it. And it's going to sort of bring us together. And that's how I feel about, and, and the weirdness of the, the MREs thing is that if you're a soldier in a war zone, like they are trying to provide you meals that are going to give you some, that, plenty of nutrition, but comfort as well. And then, what constitutes the comfort meals? Like what's the mm-hmm. chili Mac for, mm-hmm. for France? What's the chili Mac of, you know, what's, what's the, the taco bowl of, uh, of, of Italy. And I'm just, I'm always interested to see like what their meal choices from almost like astronaut food, like the, the food that they, yeah. the astronauts get, like they want to keep them sane. And they, and a lot of that comes from the food that you eat. Right. And uh, what what is keeping their, you know, their shit together, literally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this segment. Thank you, Nathan. Oh, yeah. yeah. No problem. Fun. No problem. Uh, the next little segment that we have is Who's Who? Mm. And in Who's Who? <laughs> Just, you know, <laughs> in case you wanted to do like a... I don't know. Because podcasting is a visual medium and you're like bumping back and forth. <laughs> Uh, so, which one of the main characters did you guys most identify with? And uh, Drew, let's start you off. Uh, hands down, uh, Finn. Okay. I, I definitely associated with Finn. You are an oddity. A great. <laughs> Just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> no, it, it Finn having the Look idea of. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <laughs> okay. I'm just you kidding. Give me a scoop of that. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> Finn wanting to basically like shut the world out except for those he is actually kind of close to. But even then, that relationship is so distant. Kind of like with him and Henry. He woke him up in the morning, took him downstairs, asked him what he was going to do. And then he left and went in the back room. And, you know, then they met up for dinner. And then even there, there wasn't like much talking. The fact that he doesn't like to go to bars, I completely 100% relate. I, I do not like going to bars. I do not like going a great deal to like public places where I don't know a a lot of people probably for the fact that like when Finn is not enjoying himself and people he you know can feel that like the eyes in the back of his head and and people are going to be staring and making comments like I do not particularly enjoy the almost the fear of it in a sense of going out and going like holy crap the man is rather large hmm oh my god like I don't enjoy that, and I don't. I don't like going to bars because, frankly, bars oftentimes I find are full of assholes, and I would rather not deal with that. And overpriced. And overpriced. Sorry, I'm a which cheap is ass. which is why I very much uh, would rather frequent uh, Jack's patio with the, <laughs> the <laughs> good bourbon, bourbon. some stromboli. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. So Finn, I, I understand his reluctance uh, to going out in public. His desire for isolation but even having activities for keeping himself occupied while being isolated it still contributes to the loneliness nice jack who's who's so who i i couldn't i couldn't pick one so i identify with all three of the main characters oh you're a hybrid but in different ways hybrid yes exactly i like it um so with with joe i identify with his sort of his gregariousness and also the way that he is worried and sort of inquisitive about how other people are doing. Uh, with Finbar, um, I'm also very happy in my own company sometimes. Like, if there's an afternoon or an evening where I can finish a book that I've been reading or delve into a video game and just lose myself for, for a couple hours, like, I'm fine, don't bother me, I'm good. Uh, and then with Olivia, like, 
some like the emotional rawness mm. that Olivia exhibits at parts in the film where sort of you are you've gone past my boundaries or you're getting to my boundaries and I'm going to tell you that you are doing that or this is how I feel and 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 now you're gonna know because I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know. Uh, so I think all three. Okay. Um, I identified with Cleo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sassy black woman. <laughs> are you grown? <laughs> Some of her lines are so good. <sighs> if you're sorry, then you'll just say yes. <laughs> Nathan, somebody left something for you. <laughs> uh, no, um, mine's pretty obvious. I think uh, I relate a lot to Joe. I would agree. Yeah. 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 You're very much Joe. I um I don't know. I, I like people's company. Um even though I can definitely like be alone and just like, mm-hmm. you know, relax and just be by myself and keep myself entertained, I do love camaraderie. Um even which can't play too much annihilation by yourself easily. That's true. It's more fun. <laughs> it's fun with more people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it it's just one of those things that you see Joe just constantly trying to break down walls behind uh, Finn. And I, I think that I, I do that too. Cause I'm just like, well, what's, what's up, man? What's up? And there's times when I, I'm sure that I can say something insensitive, especially if I don't even mean to. And I'm just like, yeah, what about you people? And it's like, Nathan, you, you did you like, eat my, no, no, no. Like, I mean like this, like, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I don't care. Like, cause I have grown so much over the years coming from a small town where you know racism and and a lot of things are very prevalent um just to being a much more open person about the world and i'm just like yeah like i i like diversity now a little bit yeah it's good i like this Hmm. so so joe yeah you love my heart (laughs) this is good right this was fun help me Chicken. <laughs> you oh, took no. the words out of my mouth <laughs> and I saw it in his eyes. <sighs> we haven't been quoting Goon at all today. Like we, <laughs> normally, we do the film that we just. What's did. so funny <laughs> over there, giggly bits? <laughs> <laughs> You've been touched oh. by the fist of God for Your Christ's puss sake. Puss puss. <laughs> oh, oh, Finn, you little puss puss. <laughs> You're Olivia. fucking all right, eh? <laughs> Olivia. You're a knight. Oh. You're our knight. So what's our third and final segment? Jack, <laughs> uh, I want you to introduce it because you came up with it and I I was all on board with it. Uh, so the idea is unlikely friendships. Um, a point Everybody reaches a point in their life where they meet somebody where initially they are on guard or they're like, you know, this guy's an oddball. But you end up becoming very good friends with them or you find a common ground that you did not know you have and you sort of have a a friendship that flourishes and what were your unlikely friendships where did they develop who who were those people if if or you can you can make them anonymous you can just sort of speak in broad blank terms but um yeah unlikely friendships so i would definitely say one has been a recent one in the uh, past couple of years and uh he does listen Yes. <laughs> yes. He is an asshole, but it is an elected position. He's a, it's an elected official, and uh, he is a he's a good guy. And that's uh, that's Cody. Does say? Do you guys have the same person? No, <laughs> no, I, don't. Oh, no. I, I doubt it. <laughs> Though I, that was in my back pocket, yeah. just in case. <laughs> Cody is definitely. I think it's unlikely that we probably would have maybe connected in real life. Uh, I mean, definitely, like we would have met possibly through brian but you know i mean it's it's cody he's he's intolerable some sometimes but you know downright to it he's got a heart of gold and i i really do enjoy his company i think he's a good person he's got absolutely no filter no filter no filter whatsoever so if you ever want to get somebody's honest opinion oh he'll give it to you he'll give it to you sometimes (laughs) sometimes sometimes unasked for (laughs) Uh, Cody's a good guy. I like him. He's a good guy. Um, so one of my buddies, uh, his name is Dennis. He, I met him back in I think I want to say like ninety, ninety, no, like ninety nine, ninety six, uh, at church camp, and he was, um, you know, from, uh, you know, not not my neck of the woods, and uh, we're we're born on the same day, 
Uh, and it was just kind of this weird, like, hey, what's up? Hey, you're cool. Like, I like you. And then we just became really good friends. And out of every one of my friends, I can say, honestly, like, throughout the years, Dennis has always, always been there. There's times when I'm just like, oh, I'm just not in the mood to talk to him. And oh, I'll be honest, like, and I, I love him. I'm just like, oh, I just don't, you know, I've got so much stuff on my plate. Like, I'm just going to, you know, I'll talk to him a little bit later. Every time that I come back to him and just like say, hey, what's up, man? And like, how are you doing? And we catch up a little bit. I remember just how true, like, just at the rawest form, he is a friend that if I was like, dude, Dennis, I need help. He would drop anything and everything and be like, dude, I'm there. What do you need? And so that I, I give I give my shout out to Dennis. All right. Uh, mine is going to have to be my, my best friend in the world. His name is Sean. Oh. And uh, Sean, I met the first day of sixth grade. You know, first day in a new school. Uh, homeroom was uh, Mrs. Weckstein. She was a math, a bird, bird look, bird like looking uh, math teacher with these huge owl glasses. Is this and, a, is is Jack pitching us a movie idea? Is this uh, uh, is, uh, is yeah. this the math teacher from Men in Black? No, but <laughs> but this this always this always sticks with me. And so we were assigned desk buddies because all the desks were were together in twos, and we had to have a picture with our desk buddy. My desk buddy was Sean, and Sean it was this tall, skinny, pale, wraith-like looking kid that just sort of when you looked at him, you're like, this dude's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like he he looks as milk toast as you could possibly get. And uh, I I was embarrassed that first day because middle school was all about sort of popularity. Yeah. And the worst thing you could be accused of in middle school is not being genuine, being a poser. So can I wear these van shoes? Are you a skater or not you a skater? If you're not a skater, you can't wear vans. Are you really into the music scene? If, if not, then you can't really wear that Nirvana t-shirt. Like there was a lot going yeah. on in middle school about that and sean just never gave a shit like i was always worried like can i wear this you know like am i am i am i rock grunge rock band enough <laughs> to to wear the nirvana t-shirt and he just gave no fucks and at some point during the sixth grade year um he came over for a sleepover which was for for guys that's sort of like the the bonding experience and his mom drops him off and says to my mom if he does anything, I will come pick him up. I don't care if it's two in the morning. And my mom was like, what's wrong with this kid? And I was like, nothing. But we ended up developing this, this friendship that's lasted for 25 years where as soon as we, and we live, you know, he's in the Midwest. I only get to see him about once a year. But when we do get to see each other, it's like we just saw each other yesterday. Mm. And, uh, and, and we're not afraid to ask each other those questions like, are you doing all right? Are you happy with life or what's going on with you? Where sometimes with friendships, you sort of go through the motions and you don't really address any sort of underlying issues that you think somebody may or may not be, be, be having. Hmm. And I never would have had this amazing friendship if I had just written this guy off as this fucking nerd. And even when we could sit anywhere else in class, I always sat next to Sean and, uh, you know, it's taken us through, you know, quarter of a century with a friendship. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take anything else uh, in its place, really. There I can, you go. I can already see the trailer for this movie. Like. In a world. <laughs> two, two unlikely friends. <laughs> <laughs> so you got a Nirvana t-shirt on. Can you name all three band members? Uh, Kurt Cobain, yeah, Dave buddy. Grohl, and Chris Nova. Nova. Poser! Record scratch. Poser! <laughs> Did we just become best friends? <laughs> <laughs> you want to do karate? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, how would you guys rate this film? Because Station Agent is not um, everyone's cup of tea. So, uh, so yeah. How would you guys rate this film? So, if I were to uh, rate this out of how many punches are on my ticket to ride this train, I'd give it... Uh, Three and a half out of five uh, ticket punches. Um, if I was a conductor, uh, I would definitely declare all aboard. And I would give it uh, four and a third feet out of five, which Ooh. is Peter Dinklage's height. Oh, okay. So if I were to walk the right of way, <laughs> I would get almost to the end before I pass out drunk. 
because I drank in this movie quite a bit. I saw the light. It came at me. I passed out and woke up right at the end. But uh, but yeah, a four point six out of five. I really do enjoy this film. And weirdly, as much as the second watch, I was kind of like, oh, like, like did you have some angst that we we're going to be like these guys? I, I like the, on the first watch. I was like, oh, I picked the wrong movie. I picked the wrong. It was, movie. It was a little slow. <laughs> My score might be a little lower because I I told Jack earlier. Station I was like, age is I watched too it like, many. <laughs> I think I watched it about three and a half times before Please we doing this. <laughs> it might have originally been a four, but I think it went down to three and a half. But it's it's still great. It's a good film. Yeah, and I try and I try and judge it just on that that really that you know if you pull it out, especially if you've never watched it and you just go into it going okay, I just I'm just going to watch a very simple story that mm-hmm. has that is just really well acted and you described it earlier it's like a chamomile tea of, yeah. of the movies it's mm. it's just it's nice it's it's relaxing it's comfortable soothing. uh you know i liked your example of oh p.s a uh, little order up ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> our newest segment <laughs> what diner are you from <laughs> i don't know my own strength sometimes <laughs> Where we take the movie and we uh, describe what uh, what kind of food or what kind of drink that this movie kind of reminds us of. And I, I like yours of the uh, chicken noodle soup. In, break it down. Break it down. I like that. Well, I mean, you can go to any store or restaurant and get chicken noodle soup in a can or out of a bag that's been reheated or, or whatever. But you can make chicken noodle soup at home. You can you can chop your veggies and you can put the chicken in and then you cook it and you take the chicken out and you debone it. You throw the carcass back in. You throw some some bouillon in and you can really craft it and make it this wonderful, comforting little thing. But in its essence, it's simple. It's chicken fucking soup. Yeah. But this is it. It is it is very comforting movie. And this movie took yeah. time to actually like be a thing. It had right. to simmer. They it, had it was a slow burn. It, yeah. This movie had to simmer. It had to develop those flavors, and even like making of it, them getting funding and this mm-hmm. idea. It it was not an overnight thing. They're like, hey, we're just gonna make this little film and you know send it off to you know Kansas. See what we get. Like, is that a metaphor? Make, making money moves. Shots fired. So, Drew, where can uh, people find us on the internet? Oh, on the interwebs, guys. You can always find us on Twitter at Real Feels Pod. That's R E E L. But you should already know that if you're listening and you found us. But go tell your friends, get them a ticket, take a ride. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search for the Real Feels Podcast. You can do the same thing up on Instagram, which I'm sorry I don't really keep up with, but it's there. Or you can uh, send us an email at realfeelspodcast at gmail.com. And what about Patreon? Patreon? Guys, if you go to patreon.com and you search for the Real Feels Podcast, you can become one of the realest fans out there, support the show, and... Depending on the level of patronage, every patronage actually gets every single episode early. You get it the Saturday before the Wednesday that it comes out. But hey, $5, $5, everybody's going to be getting real fill stickers for $10 a month as well. You can choose what movie we're going to be doing or for a separate $10 one, you can choose what genre we could do. And we'll, as a group, assign Mm -hmm. the movie for it. All right. Keep going on up. You can have the genre and the movie. If you go for what is currently the set bar, all right, not our special limited edition tiers. That's a secret menu. It's it's our secret menu. Animal style. If you Mm -hmm. go for the top one, guys, you can not only pick the movie, pick the genre, but you get to come on and help guest host an episode for yourself. And the uh, the special menu item for this episode uh, for $400 a month just... $400. Four hundred dollars. Just. Uh, I will shellings. cook you a delicious dinner Ooh. and keep you company while I'm cooking it, and then I'll fake a phone call, and you can enjoy it in peace. <laughs> Once a month, I will do this for you. You don't get to pick what I make because I'm going to make you what I think you want. We can just we can just eat. We don't have to talk. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll, I'll even I'll even you know I poppy you know, uh, dude, he forgot oh, his medication. <laughs> oh, this was I, this was fun. I gotta right? go. I gotta go. Yeah, and then you yeah, and I'll leave. You enjoy the food, and uh, we'll do it next month. You can you can split the cost and, and actually have two people, you know, do it do this uh, this tier and you know a dinner for two. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. exactly. Like 
Yeah. Maybe for uh, maybe for twenty five dollars more, uh, Nathan and I will come play Ticket to Ride with you. <laughs> oh my gosh! You know what? That's that's just no. That's bonus included. I'm down for that. And I get nasty with Ticket to Ride. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? Home cooked meal. We'll play Ticket to Ride, and then we'll watch Train Spotting. There we go. <laughs> Probably the the drama the <laughs> dramedy I, I, I probably should have picked. I feel like <laughs> about trains. I feel like the draw is me cooking the meal and then leaving. You're like, no, come on in, everybody, circle the wagons. We're doing this. We'll be up till midnight. Uh, well, everyone, we really appreciate you guys listening to our uh, episode. And don't forget, you are the realest and the feelest. Here I am. Look at me. <laughs> Take a look. Take a look. Go, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Drops so much. That's what he does, though. Oh, it's not graceful. Uh, goodbye, everyone. <laughs> oh, a deep. <laughs>